Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. We want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Healing Insight. Healing Insight is an acupuncture and holistic medicine clinic on Grand Avenue in St. Paul, Minnesota. Owner Senya May and her team of practitioners can help patients with everything from anxiety to fatigue, digestive issues to women's health, and so much more. And we are living through such an uncertain time. Many of us are dealing with a level of stress and anxiety that we've just never seen before. And the team at Healing Insight is here to help. You know, stress takes its toll on our adrenals. And Senia can do a free phone consultation to see if virtual adrenal testing is right for you. Senia and her team are doing Facebook Live videos twice a week and personalized virtual appointments. So whether you're comfortable coming in in person or want to connect virtually, Healing Insight wants you to know they're here to take care of you. I've personally been seeing Senia for several years. I'm now part of her membership program, which means I have a standing monthly appointment. Senia was also our featured guest on one of our most listened to episodes of Best to the Nest. It's episode 25, simply titled Anxiety, and in episode 113, where we talk about coping with the COVID-19 global pandemic. Go to HealingInsightOnline.com. That's HealingInsightOnline.com to find out more about Senya and her team. I'm Elizabeth Reese. I'm Marjorie Punnett. And this is Best to the Nest, the podcast that is all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. And today, we are talking about that idea of flying away from home. Maybe it's to college. Maybe it's out of college. The graduates who are leaving the nest right now, Marjorie, are leaving their nests in the most uncertain, strange, bizarre time in our lifetimes. No question. Yes, because they might be leaving their the childhood bedroom that they grew up in and moving down into the basement just so that they can feel like they've left some nest. I know. Listen, I'm a believer in living at home for a little while. I lived at home for two years, almost two years, uh, when I first moved back to Minneapolis. So right. I'd been away to college and then had two jobs and then moved back. And it was how I was able to save up money to buy my first house was to get that down payment. And it was awesome. I lived at my parents' house. The rent was free. Free. (laughs) (laughs) I did contribute to groceries and whatnot, but it was, it was great. But I definitely, but I had that experience of leaving and and then making the adult decision to come back. Yeah. That's the key here. It's choice. And I just, for some reason, Elizabeth, I wanted to talk about this today because I just can't shake this feeling of a little bit of sadness. I think it's because partially my husband's a professor at Kansas State University, and so there's a lot of talk about graduation and how do we make these kids feel special because they're missing out on walking the stage. And then I have two 20-somethings which are navigating their own way in the midst of this. I mean, I think a lot of parents, if you have young children, that's what a lot of people have been focused on when the when the quarantine first hit because how do you homeschool your kids? How do you keep your kids occupied? How do you keep them happy? But because 
college signing day came. Kids were supposed to pick their colleges by May 1st and then graduation and all of those events. It's just been so top of mind for me of how are parents coping with this and what would you say to your kids? I, I think I look back and we had the choice to go, we were lucky enough. I mean, I think we have to look at it even that way. Both you and I were lucky enough to have the choice to go off to school. Right. For me, I left home at 17. So I spent my senior year of high school in Washington, D.C. So that really felt like my freshman year of college because mm-hmm. I, I was leaving. I was a congressional page. And so not only was I leaving home, but I was leaving I didn't go to a traditional situation, whereas, you know, college freshmen, you move into a dorm. In those days, the pages would just move to Washington. So at 17, I found my own housing. I was living in a boarding house at first, and then I got a house with three other pages. And so it was a, it was a grow up experience fast because you go to school. I would go to school from five until nine in the morning, and then I worked in the House of Representatives. So I went over and I worked in what's called the cloakroom. So I worked on the floor of the House of Representatives all day as long as the house was in session. So it was a real grow up fast kind That's of so year crazy for me. That you did that at seventeen. Yeah, it is crazy. I look back and I think, oh my God. That's, you know, my husband left home at 15 or 16. Same deal. And I think like, that's crazy. And he's like, my mom cried all the time. And I'm like, yes, I can't even. (laughs) Hello. And I know some people are into that. They, they have that boarding school life. They grew up with that and that's comfortable. My dad went to boarding school. Right. Which I think scarred him for life. I mean, I just, I think like, Oh, and then as a parent, I just can't imagine thinking about now how Bernie is five. If I would go, oh, in 10 years, she's out. ah, Yeah. You know, it's funny. My parents didn't. I mean, I think they were so proud of me. Yeah. Well, that plus they, you had so many others and they were like, we've got tons of children. How yes. many more? <laughs> Whatever. You're, the, you're, you're the fourth. But I mean, it's Just funny to me, but when I look back, I mean, I literally got on a train. My boyfriend took me to the train station. I got on a train and luckily my best friend in high school, her family had just moved to DC. So oh. I had a family at the other end. So I stayed with them for two weeks in Washington until I found a place to live. But I mean, it's still, I think about like putting your kid on a, it's just so strange when I look back. All of that having been said is I kind of look at that as my off to college year, even though it wasn't college, because it was sort of the same feeling. And I think of all of the kids and all of the parents who are going through thinking that moment might not happen. I know, I know. That and anticipo- it's, you're so anticipatory of it. And to think that it's yes. just going to be yanked away from them. Well, and college has been complicated for a long time now because obviously, you know, there's been so much debate of if the price tag is worth it and right. if it is, if the education really puts you that far ahead and, and then where there are lots of other trade school opportunities that you can go to school and you can earn a really amazing living and right. being, you know, and not come out a hundred thousand dollars in debt. And so I do think it's been complicated for a long time as people sort of weigh their nostalgic feelings about going away to college if they did and if they, or maybe their feelings of not getting to and wanting their yep. kids to have an experience that they didn't get or them being their first in their family to go to college. I mean, there's a lot of emotion that goes along with college besides just that idea of 
getting an education. And I saw a headline earlier this week, Marjorie, with this montage of photos of just like a beautiful campus, of kids drinking, of kids at a football game, all these things. And the headline was something to the effect of, is the price tag worth it without all this? Yep. That was, so, in, uh, that was in New Yorker, I think. Oh, was it? Or it was in New York Magazine, I think. Something. Yeah, I saw, I read the you same article. You know what I'm reading more than I do. I don't know. I just scan through Apple News and just see what I'm absorbing. <laughs> but I, I was kind of struck and I looked at those photos and I thought back because that montage of photos that they were showing, I mean, I could pull those exact photos from my albums and put them together in that exact montage. And if I was living at home and doing online learning, would the price tag be worth it? And I would argue no, that the experience, the education is very valuable and and something I'm so grateful for. But the experience and how it shapes you as a person, as a whole, is really what it's all about. That's what makes it worth it to me. See, that's really interesting. I would argue that if you take all of that away and you do online learning, it's still worth it. See, and I would say I just can't justify that high of a price tag for it then. Well, I think they're going to – that's interesting. It depends. I mean, I think it really depends on – how the colleges figure out what that new normal is going to look like. Right. But I would say when you talk about you hit on something that I think is exactly right, and that's why you're so smart, oh, is that college – because I went to college and paid attention. <laughs> <laughs> that college, so much of what's gotten wrapped up into the experience of college is emotional. Right. That it's not – It's not about necessarily preparing you to be a functional worker. Right. Or like an investment, like a financial investment investment. in what the payoff is. I mean, that's the black and white way to look at it. But we don't look at it that way. But I think that – I I do think that's become a problem. I do think – I do think it's become a problem that we look at college as – see, for me, and I guess this is is where we probably differ. I didn't – it's not that I didn't enjoy college, but I don't look at it as – it wasn't – it wasn't – Earth shattering for me in terms of the sh- the social elements, and I had I had plenty of fun, but I think part of it too, my attitude toward college was sort of tempered by the fact that I had already left. Yeah, I'd already left as a senior. I'd had an amazing year in Washington, and then college seemed like kind of like a letdown. Oh, and gosh. that's it's weird because I think I felt like a mini adult. That's an like expensive a, letdown. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and I think part of it was, I mean, I really just wanted to get through it as fast as possible. And I really wanted – because I just wanted to get on with my life. It, I College kind of felt like to me like my older sister having her hand on my head and I'm trying to hit her. When older siblings do that, like you just can't reach where you want to reach. So yeah. I sort of rushed through undergraduate in a big way. I mean I, I got married my senior year, so that that's something. Um, mm-hmm. So I sort of rushed through it. But, but in thinking about what you just said, that it's an emotional – it's an emotional – experience on so many levels. And your point is, it should be. I don't think you're wrong. It just didn't feel that way for me. And I wonder if this moment in time will force everybody to reevaluate what college should be. And now here's where I'm going to sound like such a hard ass is when my kids went off to college, I just looked at them and I, because we paid for their, for college. And I looked at them and I said, you better study you better get good grades or I'm not paying for it because I'm not sending you there to go drink. I'm not sending you there to go party. I'm not sending you there to really have fun. 
It's, I mean, doesn't this sound like the great go away speech? But I mean, I really felt strongly about that. But I think that was tempered by my own experience, which I just worked really hard and got out. Well, that's fair. And I, you know, I think there are a couple of things about the emotional experience. And I, I have a deep, deep to my soul emotional attachment to my time in college. I maintain I about a you. 608 area code on my cell phone, Aww. which is Madison, Wisconsin, because that's when I got my first cell phone was when I was in college. And I, I have held on to that area code and I love having it because it reminds me of that time. And I, it was so formative for me. And I think I always felt supported in doing whatever I wanted to do. My parents were very supportive. They just were like, whatever you want to accomplish, just go and accomplish it. I mean, there was no handholding about it. It was just like, if you want to do it, just let us know and then do it. And, and then in college, I just felt like I could, I just felt like the world opened up and I loved Madison so much. I mean, I love the city so much. I like still dream of living there. I just loved everything about it. And what happens is when you have that emotional attachment to an experience like that, I am convinced that that's what's allowed the price tag to get completely out of control is because when you have an emotional attachment to somebody, something, it's so easy to exploit that and go, well, of course it's worth it then. Right. It's right. just you'll, worth it because you'll pay for that, like that formed who I am. So I want that for my children. That being said, I had to pay for it. My parents said, here's the deal. We'll pay for you. You will pay for your tuition at the University of Minnesota. At that time, it was easier to get into the U of M. Now I think it's even harder. But um, they said, if you go to the University of Minnesota and you live at home, you can go to college for free. So you can borrow a car from us. And we'll pay for it. But if you want to go somewhere else, we'll put the dollar amount that it would cost for your tuition at the U of M to go anywhere else. And then you have to pay for the rest, which is why, Marjorie, I am going to pay off my student loan next month. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and, and, and I would say, Elizabeth, that's why college has gotten more expensive is because they've increased the ability. There, so many more people can go to college which is a good thing. Being able to borrow so much money to go to college has allowed so many more people to go to college. But I think that has that has allowed for that inflation, I think. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it and, totally and, has. It's crazy. It's crazy how expensive it's gotten. And you know, I'm really proud of my dad cuz my dad was the president of Concordia University in St. Paul for almost 10 years. Right. And he was groundbreaking in lowering tuition by $10,000 a year. And he was the first one to do this. And he got national attention for it. And he's constantly, during that time, he was constantly going to Washington to lobby for what are we going to do about higher education and keeping this cost under control because this is unsustainable. And, you know, as the president of a private university, didn't even get public funding. Like, that is pretty incredible. But we've talked a lot about how unsustainable it is. And that is what's really happening with this COVID-19 crisis is we're just seeing how many ways that we live are not sustainable. Right. And that being said, when changes happen, which they will inevitably because our new normal will be different than it was before, there's still grief that comes along with that. You know, I still grieve not being able to go to the gate and pick up somebody at the airport like I could when I was a kid. Do you remember that, Marjorie? Oh, I do. I, I, you know, that's so funny that you say that because I grieve that too. I I grieve the ease of air travel. Yes. Because I remember the day when it was 
and because I, I'm it older was than fun. I was, I was, I'm older than you. I mean, I can remember just going to the airport and buying a plane ticket when I lived in yeah. Washington. Yeah, I'm just wanting to go home. I went and bought a ticket and got on a plane. I know, <laughs> I know. Easy. That's very cool. Easy. Easy. And but I think that that's that's the point. And I last night I was googling what because it goes back to this emotional piece. I think of what you want for your kids mm-hmm. and your experience. I I love just so you know. I love the way you talk about your college experience because I wish I felt that way about mine. I don't have bad feelings. Yeah. I just I have sort of neutral feelings. I'm glad I did it. I went to the University of Illinois, beautiful campus. I'm glad I did it. And I met my I met Ian there. So there's beautiful, happy memories to that. I'm glad I I glad I went, but I don't feel about it the way that you do. And the you way don't you, feel like to to your core of, of your no. blood, you're a Wisconsin Badger. That's no. how I feel. <laughs> no, I'm not I I'm not I don't even know what our, our I don't oh well, we're chief alive. It's the fighting Illini. It's a fighting Illini. No. Even I know that. No. I mean, and listen to me. I don't know what I am. No. I mean, so I think, but I think for you, think about all of the parents that are in the position right now that had wanted that emotional experience so deeply for their children for the multitude of reasons that you mentioned. One, they could be the first kid in in their family to go to school. Two, the the parents want to replicate the experience they had. And I think a lot of times, too, the parents want their kids to go to a certain school because then they get to go back and visit and relive it through their kids. Oh, my gosh, 100%. If my kids go to Wisconsin, full paid. I'm paying the whole dime. Everything else, (laughs) you get not a dollar. I'm kidding. Are you though? Are you kidding? <laughs> I'm kidding I don't but know. I'm not. I will say that we have pint glasses with Bucky Badger on them, and Frankie goes, See? "Oh, I Bucky Badger, I Bucky Badger," <laughs> and Jay and I look at each other. And we never want to put pressure on our kids that they have to go to Wisconsin, but we just want it like to be known that that is a really great thing. And so oh, when so he funny. says, "I Bucky Badger," Jay and I look at each other, and we both are like, "Oh, oh, oh yes, you are." <laughs> And now, now think of now. I'm going to put you in a sad place. Think about if that opportunity wasn't there this it's, year. It's for very Franklin. sad, and it's sad for even I think for kids who are in school. You know, I was just talking with one of our babysitters who babysat for our kids before she went to UCLA for college, and she's home now, right? Because she had to just leave school. And they, she, I said, well, are you doing online classes? And she was like, no, I just called it. I'm not doing it. I just, it's like, she's like, it's just too much. It's not the way that I learn best. It's not the way that I want to be part of it. And so I'm just not doing it. And then I'll just figure it out. You know, whether that means summer school for her or adding on another semester at the end or whatever, that is her plan. But I think that uncertainty for the class of 2020 in particular, that is not getting to experience that those ceremonies of closure that are just so important. I mean, I remember all those things. Like I remember the senior skip day that we had in high school and we had a big senior party that our parents all volunteered at. That was an all night party. We had it at the school and it was all, I mean, it was so much fun. And I remember everybody's graduation parties and we did a party with five girls. We had a, all of us had a party together and all of our families came and then getting to go to all those parties and kind of those last cabin trips before you go away to your friends' cabins and those last parties and all those things and then planning what you're going to pack up and then planning what your room is going to look like and the uncertainty of your roommate. Do you room with someone you know or do you try to start fresh? All those decisions that I think do sound 
They're little, but they're formative. Oh. Those are formative things. They're they're huge things because they come at a time in your life where you haven't made a lot of those decisions yet. So they loom so much larger, I think, in, in your mind. And so last night, Elizabeth, I was looking up, and maybe you could try and find it. You might be a better reporter than I am. Look up, what should you say to your senior in high school who may have to change their plans for college. What? Yeah. what sh- how should you be talking to your seniors right now? I couldn't really find anything. I'm so used to being able to Google anything and you find a list of do this, do this, do this, do this, do yeah, this. Yeah, from like I mean, five different experts. From, I, and I couldn't find anything that was really talking about the emotional, the emotional side of it. The one article I found was what the things you should do if you're still going to take your kid or if you're trying to pick a college in the midst of COVID. And I think part of the reason that there's not a lot out there about it yet is either I missed it or the fact that colleges don't know whether they're going to open up yet or not. No, they don't know. And they don't know what it's going to look like. like. So there's still this hope of that there will be college in the fall. I was listening to the Freakonomics podcast yesterday because Dr. Crow, the president of Arizona State University, was on. And what's really interesting is Arizona State University has been sort of a leader in online education because they have all these partnerships, which I think are really cool. Yeah. They have a partnership with Starbucks and they have of, – of helping keep the cost down and getting as many kids – into college as possible. Yeah, which, they're definitely reasonable when it comes to a public education. education. Too. And what's been interesting is the, that, the fact that they've been doing online learning for a while already has put them in a really strong position right now. And Dr. Crow was talking about how we have – right away we have three modalities of how kids can learn in the fall – with the caveat that, of course, this could change. You know, yeah. he has to, everything he has to say, he has to say, of course, this could change. Mm-hmm. But they had three styles of learning. One is full immersion. Kids just come to school like they always did. Yeah. One was immersion with and digital, which means you could you could sort of zoom. It would be synchronous learning, so kids could be a part of a class that was happening, but by yeah. Zoom. And, and then you that, could you would be able to keep the number of kids in a classroom lower for social distancing. Purposes, for social distancing and kids that are international students, we have a lot of international students. They could that stay in their out. home country. Yeah. And yep. then if they decided six weeks into the semester they wanted to come to school, they could, and they just, now they're sitting in the classroom. Yeah. And then they had, um, you know, full online and then a hybrid version. So, I mean, they have all these modalities sort of set out already, which is great, but that doesn't take away from the fact that you're still fundamentally for many kids changing the experience of what they might be able to do. Oh, yeah. And it, I, the reason I, I'm so interested in this is we do have, as we've talked about, very different feelings about what the college experience should be. So for me, if I had a senior in high school, I would be hands down. Of course, you're going to do online. Of course, you're not going to do a gap year where you can't go anywhere. I mean, great. You do a gap year. You can't leave your house and you probably can't get a job. Yeah. There's, there's no point in a gap year. And for me, online learning, I think why I look at that, because Ian's done online classes. He's taught online classes. Both of my sons have done online classes. So I've seen it. And it's different for sure. But I think in my mind, is this an opportunity to make college the purest that it should be, which is about learning, at least temporarily? Like, why would you stop? And I know the expense is a part of it, but I guess my fear for all these kids is that interruption could be so life-altering that they may never go back. Yeah. Like that poor girl you talked about who said, I just don't want to do this. 
I hope she goes back to you. Yeah, she will. Yeah, she will. <laughs> I hope yeah. she does. But it's like for a lot of people to break that timeline, it could irreparably break it. And I think yeah. that that would be a shame, that that would, would be really be. sad. I mean, you kind of never know, though. I do think there is an opportunity. I mean, there are a lot of places that are hiring, you know, where if you had a year to financially prepare for college to work and to go and deliver packages for Amazon or whatever you're doing, you know, whatever you – I don't – you can't wait tables. That's always like the first thing I go to, which is what <laughs> I did, of course, through high school and college. And But you can't make any money doing that right now. But if you find something else that you can – do you could at save home, money. You, you would have a year to save some money and then maybe be in a better financial position going into college than you would have been. Right. Um, and I, I just think like, I think about all those experiences when I showed up and met friends and got that independence. And I remember at Camp Randall, which is where the football games are at Wisconsin, when they have a huge welcome to the class for us. It was the class of 2003. And so it was everybody goes to Camp Randall and learns all the cheers and the songs that you're going to be doing at the football games. And then everyone... Oh, that's um, so cute. Oh, my gosh. And then football Saturdays, like you get your football season tickets. And then on football Saturdays along Fraternity Row, the music starts at 8 a.m. And it is like everybody (laughs) is just going... It's just... There were so many fun things about it right. and and so many traditions that I just loved being part of. And I think there was something special, too, because I went to a suburban high school, which which had some traditions, and, and I had a good experience there. But it was like a newer suburb. It wasn't right. like something with a 100 years of tradition behind right, it. And right. so I, like, soaked that up when I went to Wisconsin and loved oh. it. And I remember going to visit one of my good friends from high school who went to Princeton and a couple of us girls from high school went and visited him for a weekend when we were in college. And I remember being struck even more so by that, by yeah. the, the yeah. tradition there. And, and I just like, there was something about that, that I just soaked up and loved. I was reminded of it when we watched the first Harry Potter movie last weekend with the kids, Marjorie. And I was like, look at the history of Hogwarts. <laughs> it's all so, like, there's just something magical about those old buildings and like the idea of all the things that have changed. Oh, and But then these campuses just being such a bright shining beacon for new thoughts and ideas and protests and all of it was just really wonderful for me. And I will very much be sad for students who were looking forward to that experience who don't get to experience that. So on Instagram last night, I was looking at, there's a website, and I think you've interviewed the women who run this uh, this website, Grown and Flown. Oh, so, yes, yes. So on their Instagram last night, they posted a picture. It's really a beautiful picture of a senior graduate, you know, senior pick. And the girl is sitting in the rain and she's holding her tassel and She's got a tear coming down her face. It's very sort of artsy. But the copy underneath says, this is – and this speaks to – just a preface. This speaks to what are you supposed to say to your seniors right now who are supposed to go off to college? And it says the copy under the picture was, hold our hands, let us grieve. Of course, we know it could be worse. We know that some of you missed your graduation because you were being shipped off to Vietnam. We know it because you continue to tell us. And we thank you for your sacrifice. But it's not a contest. And if it is, okay, you win. But the thing is, we are kids. Even though we don't always want to admit it, some of us have led sheltered lives, and this is our first hard-knock life lesson. Some of us have let 
led miserably hard lives, and this is just another disappointment. Regardless, we are upset. We have spent four years listening to our families and friends tell us how wonderful this year would be. We watched our siblings go to prom and walk across the stage at graduation as we all cheered. We wanted the same. We won't get it. It's okay for us to be sad. Don't scoff at us. Hold our hands. Let us grieve. Show us the way. And I just thought that's that's really all you can do is just let them be sad and talk about it. Talk about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because and just- acknowledge it is so fair to be sad. I mean, it's just like what we talked about in our previous podcast where you can be grateful for many things in life and you can be grieving the loss of things in life. And there are certainly things that can happen at the same time. And those feelings are always happening. We're right. always grateful and grieving at the same time. And this, I think, is it's just very fair for them to be sad about it. I don't know. We've been airing on Twin Cities Live. We've been asking viewers to send in these members of the class of 2020 to send in videos of like what their message to their classmate is. So they've been, you know, what's really incredible is they're like minute long videos and we've been rolling the whole video, which, you know, I mean, there was a time time. in TV news where that was just like unheard of that anything would get to go on a minute. What? Right. Right. And now, you know, we're going back to that. And on Twin Cities Live, we've always been like the land of five minute everything and we feel great about it. But, right. but you watch these kids and them articulate how they're feeling about it and sort of how they're trying to motivate their classmates to feel okay and, and express all of these feelings. And I just keep getting teary when I watch them because I just feel like they're so young and they just have hopes and dreams. And you're right. They just wanted those experiences. And yes, it it could be worse for them. It could be worse for anybody. Right. Because it, um, feels, it feels privileged, I guess, to say, oh, I should have had all my graduation parties. For sure. But to, but to just not acknowledge that is wrong. And I think that's so great that you're airing those. And last night I called, my situation here is I have 20 kids in their 20s. And It's been hard to watch them sort of alternately struggle and be okay with the situation that they're both in. Yeah. And my my younger son had just really graduated and had moved to Chicago and was in getting job interviews. He graduated. He got his master's. Yeah. Intense. Pardon me. This stuff is intense. When you're like, how am I going to make a living? Yeah, I mean, and it's it's really interesting because it goes back to that whole idea of we've watched watched our siblings do X, and now the path is different for me. And I felt so bad for him because he had had an interview, and then I think there was one that was sort of there was going to be a second interview, and then everything just disappeared. Mm-hmm. I mean, not in the sense that I mean they got back to him and said, you know what, we're in a hiring freeze now, so everything just sort of disappeared. And he was, he, he was funny at the beginning of the quarantine. He was like, you know, mom, my life isn't so different. I like to stay in and read. This is fine. But then when it really started to sink in, you know, unemployment's at 30% and all of those things, there's a, there's a, it's not a sadness, but I think there's a malaise of what's the point. <sighs> and that's, that's where I just, I, I worry about all of the graduating seniors from college. Because this is a fracturing event of you think you're going to get out of college. You've worked really, really hard. I mean, Campbell worked really, really hard. And and then everything just sort of 
disappears a little bit. And at one point I called him, we've both have friends that have lost jobs. And I called him and I said, here's something to be grateful for, which you would have hated the speech probably, Elizabeth. <laughs> I said, here's something to be grateful for. You haven't attached to anything yet. Right now, you're just sort of in a holding pattern. Think about all the, the 24 and 25-year-olds who graduated from college right away and then just sort of dug into a career. You spent your time in school. You know, you got your master's and that's done. So you're not losing anything yet except time and money. Yeah. You're not losing having worked your ass off for four years at a job and then suddenly you're laid off. I don't think it made him feel much better, <laughs> but I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. But there's just all of – I think that's what we have to go forward with, with all of this empathy for the graduating seniors of high school, the graduate, the graduating seniors from college, and the 20-year-olds in general. Because that's – you know this because I know you. Both you and I worked so hard in our 20s yeah. to do that climb, yep. to get to a place where we could feel like, okay – I'm sort of comfortable now. I've so kind of hard and for so little pay. Oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of mind-boggling when I think back to it. <laughs> but but think about how not being able to do that climb in your 20s that you're just sort of frozen for a little bit. And we don't know what it looks like, but when they talk about unemployment at 25 or 30%, we know this isn't going to be a quick fix. So, I just I just I just I just think we just have to really reach out to all of those all of those youngins. And 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 be as loving and as and be great listeners and really try to see them through all of this. I mean, I talk to my sons every day, mostly just to check in to make sure how you doing, mm-hmm. how you doing, how you doing. They probably get tired of me and saying, "How you doing? How are you doing? How are you, <laughs> how are you doing, doing? Mom? mom? I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I think, think the only thing I can think of that will be something positive for them is I I do think this generation of they're very young millennials. I don't know if they're still even considered millennials. They probably are moving on to a new term. Yeah. But I I do think this generation is very intentional about how they want their life to look and they don't necessarily subscribe to all of the things that we subscribe to in terms of like these are the things you do to be successful. Right. You go to a four-year college. You get a stable job. You work for a company. Even my generation is more comfortable moving from company to company than maybe previous generations. Right. But it's still like we all still really buy into home ownership. We all really have bought into that idea of getting married and having a family. And I think the younger you go, those sort of givens in terms of this is what you do are something that they think through more. And don't necessarily feel the pressure of like everybody else is doing this. And so I think that helps equip this generation a little bit more. And then, but then at the same time, that feeling of just being able to have choices has been taken from them. Right. And so that's the real struggle because I think they've taken for granted. I could work for a corporation for a couple of years while I build up my side hustle and then do my own thing and then whatever, you know, and then it becomes real, like paying into unemployment and insurance and all those things are real when you're not working. working. And if you are relying on a side hustle, that's probably something that's, that, has been cut or freelancing or contract work. Those are the people that are really struggling. And so in some ways where they have grown up seeing life as more choice filled than maybe I did, they now are having those choices pulled and that can feel 
really disjointed, I bet. And like the rug is getting pulled out from you of what you thought you were going to be able to do. So, I think so. I think so. We're sending and, all of our love, you know, I don't know. I don't feel like we answered anything today, but listen, you don't come to this podcast for answers. You just come for the fun. <laughs> come, you come for the laughs. I don't think we were particularly fun today either. But, <laughs> but we're trying. We're trying. I know. We're, We're in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> what more do you want from us? <laughs> this is where, this is certainly where my head is. And, and I just, I just, I, I'm so, I'm so empathetic to all the parents out there that have older kids. Cause I think these are, you're having very different conversations right now. So yeah. hopefully we helped. Or maybe and maybe not. you were looking forward to them getting out of your house. No, they're not going to. <laughs> Well, that's a part of it. Too. Boy, that's a whole nother podcast, but that's a part of it too. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a review at Apple Podcasts. I pulled a review from a year ago, Elizabeth. Oh, that's nice. Because I thought this was interesting. It's from Quinn54 and she titled it New Nest. She said, I'm about to leave. Just FYI, this is from April 20th, 2019. Okay. Boy, a different time. A simpler time. A simpler time. She said, I'm about to leave Minneapolis to to spend a year on the East Coast taking care of my family member. This podcast will come along with me to remind me of my permanent nest as well as embrace my temporary nest. And I thought about her, one, because now I'm worried about Quinn 54. She went out to the East Coast. I hope she came back. I know. (laughs) I I hope she's back too. But it just made me think about just so many things in that, that there was mobility and it was easy and she was leaving and she could come back. But we're thinking about you, Quinn 54. So I hope whoever you are taking care of is, is well, and I hope you are too. Oh, and we're grateful we got to come along with you. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best to the Nest or go to besttothenest.com to subscribe to our newsletter. We are the podcast that brings you home. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.